Welcome to the Only One Shot Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Gallagher Jr. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget to check out Steve Azar on steveazar.com. He lets us use some of his music for the opening and closing of our podcast. Check out Only One Shot, the book by VJ Trolio, available on Amazon. Today I have another Ole Miss Rebel golfer on the podcast, Ben Walcott. He played on one of their best teams in a long, long time. He grew up in Dixon, Tennessee, under the watchful eye of his dad, Bob. His brother Hunter plays at Tennessee. He's an All-American golf uh, uh, player on the PGA Tour, Bob was. And now Ben's working hard on his game. And let's see what uh, Ben's up to. Ben, thanks uh, for joining us and uh, appreciate you being on the podcast. Hey, Jim. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. I've been a fan of yours for a, a long time, uh, and I know you remember this. Back uh, years ago, my daughter Mary Langdon, we were up at, playing Greystone uh, up there in Dixon for an SJGT, and your dad said, hey, you mind if Ben jumps around and joins you? And I said, sure. And I think you birdie like the first seven holes or something, and we're just kicking the tail out of me. <laughs> and I was just going to go straight to the parking lot at the turn, but uh, those are some good times. But what was it like growing up? Uh, under the watchful eye of your dad, I, I asked Hunter this, and he gave me a pretty good answer. I want to hear what your answer is. Um, yeah, I, I listened to, to Hunter's answer. I won't lie, and I think he, he checked a lot of those boxes. Um, I think the most important thing that that dad did for us was was introducing us to this game that we can play for a lifetime. Um, for me personally, it's it's involved, you know, making pretty much all of the friends I have to date, and. Um, so it's, it's a special game to me and always has been. Um, obviously, on the flip side of that, once we all got out there playing, it became a very competitive sport. So uh, for me, it kind of taught me how to compete mm-hmm. um, from a really young age, especially with somebody like my dad, who uh, is kind of the same way, just competition through and through. So for you know, for us growing up, it was a there was a big competition, and there was nothing more fun than on the weekends to go us four and, and, you know, battle it out. What'd you learn from those, uh, you know, competitions going head to head with your dad or even your, you know, even Hunter, who's a little bit younger than you, but still some pretty good matches, I'm sure. Yeah. Dad was always, um, you know, he, he liked to get out there and help us with, um, you know, the technical aspect of things. And, uh, so we'd get out there and I have a pretty good story about this. Um, so we're playing Greystone number two, par five. And there's a bunker on the right side that, you know, when you're when you're younger, you can't really you can't really blow it over it. But still, a lot of guys would hit it in that bunker, and me included. And this is kind of the nature of my dad. So in, in the, the three went out, and it bangs the lip and rolls back to my feet. <laughs> and he stands there in the cart, and he goes, he goes, wouldn't the bunker, wouldn't the head, you're pressed. <laughs> and ever since then, that's kind of it, you know, been our relationship a little bit. So. He's a pretty technical guy. Would you call yourself kind of a mechanically technical, or do you play a little bit more by, by feel? I would say that I'm more of a rhythm and feel guy, okay. but obviously you get the, the nature of the technical You know, the technical side kind of creeps in. And for me, it's, it's more of a fighting that and trying, to find, trying not to play golf sleep mm-hmm. and really just trying to focus on, like, tempo and – just keep the mechanics out of it, really. Yeah, a lot like I, I kind of play. My dad was a club pro and, a, and my instructor as well. And, you know, being the oldest, we kind of are like the test, you know, models or projects for our parents. And they, you know, maybe a little bit tougher on us. But uh, I just didn't really want to learn a lot about the golf swing because I played so much by feel. And I could, in my little brain, somehow I could only think of one thing at a time. But 
you know, I know watching your dad play and having those days, you know, what was junior golf like in junior tournaments? I mean, how did you pick where were you going to play? When did you travel a bunch? How did you, how'd you kind of pick a schedule? Because there's a lot of kids and parents listening, trying to figure out what they should do with their kids and, and getting them in, in the right junior tournaments at the right levels. Yeah, so I, um, what I personally like to do is I like to play at more of like a local, a local scale, mm-hmm. like Hunter was saying. Just we had, there's a great tour called the USJGT, and it was around the Tennessee, Mississippi, um, maybe even into Kentucky a little bit. And it was about 35 guys every week, um, a lot of the same faces, and just kind of learning how to win in that arena mm-hmm. um, at, a, at a young age and, and holding trophies. And, and they also held qualifiers for uh, the Junior World, the Callaway Junior right. World, out four times. And so just you know, that kind of, they, they branched out a little bit nationally, but just kind of getting reps. Um, and I think VJ's a, you know, VJ speaks to that a lot better than I do, but you know, you, there's a certain amount of reps before your tournament ready. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And so just, you know, like I said, getting those reps out and starting at a, at a more local level, learning how to play first, learning how to win, how to compete. And then, you know, like the AJGA didn't really come up until kind of after I was out of junior golf. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. they were a pinnacle, but it wasn't, you know, necessary. So, yeah, you know, and, and VJ, you know, Furlow, you mentioned the instructor. He's been on the podcast a bunch of times, wrote the book, only one shot, but he, and, and he had his son Cohen going through the process. And, and this is even for you. Uh, and, and like you said, so much emphasis was on the AJGA, maybe more now than ever. But you guys had to kind of commit and, and decide where you're going to school, sometimes ninth grade, especially for the boys or the men, uh, because they just they filled out their rosters that way. I mean, what was it like going through that recruiting process? You mentioned, you know, you played the, the locals and you kept going, you kept getting better. What was the recruiting process like for you? Um, it was honestly probably one of the more fun parts of, of golf for me, um, just going around and, and meeting a bunch of guys that were as devoted as me and or as I thought I was and Mm -hmm. um you know meeting coaches and just seeing the energy in the game of golf from a you know from a perspective that I had never seen before and I think you see that a lot with coach Malloy the kind of the energy he has and it's just a it's a very welcome sight when you see some see stuff like that and for me it started with Memphis in the ninth grade was my first visit okay and I remember thinking wow this is you know pretty young to be making a decision you know a life-changing decision like this so um after memphis it was kind of vanderbilt tennessee and ole miss were kind of my okay. three that i that i narrowed it down to and um i liked tennessee a lot um didn't didn't have a great connection with the coaches there but i mm-hmm. appreciated tennessee for what you know, now they're doing for Hunter, and, and obviously they turned out an incredible amount of great players. So, um, but Ole Miss was just kind of, it felt like family. I went down there and. Is that what is that what you were looking for? What were you specifically looking when you narrowed it down to those two or three? Because that's kind of like my daughter Kathleen went through that process. You know, 40, 50 schools contact you, and I told her to narrow right. it down, and you get down to that three or four. What were you specifically kind of looking for? I wanted to play. First and foremost, I wanted to go somewhere I could play immediately. Just because the mm-hmm. back to the, the reps thing, I just felt like I was always better when I was playing and not on the range. And right. So okay. you know, you know, learning how to comp- 
I guess, another uh, learning how to compete at that level. And, and I want to do that early. And so Vanderbilt, that wasn't really going to be an option. Um, and I went to Ole Miss, and another factor I guess I, I kind of took into account was the team more than the coach. Um, mm-hmm. And that's probably advice that I would, I would give differently. As I would say, nowadays, looking back, I, w- I would tell kids in a similar position to, to really focus in on the coach. Because like the the coach is going to affect you more than the players do, although that you know you're going to have friends for a lifetime in those players, you know your teammates. But the coach is going to impact you the most, and I think I can speak to that from experience. With you know going my freshman year, we had Coach Ernest Ross for a year, mm-hmm. and that unfortunately didn't work out. Malloy comes in and kind of just the entire program changed. And uh, so I would yeah, it was, a, it was a culture, it was, it was an attitude, wasn't it, when he came I, in? It's a completely different. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when and when you talk to Coach Malloy, you understand that. I mean, he could sell anything. He is amazing uh, motivator, and I could see what you. Uh, but what was that? You know, that first year, like you said, you had Coach Ross, who coached when I was playing. Uh, right. What was your freshman year like? Because that had to be a big adjustment. You know, leaving home for the first time on your own. You know, Ole Miss is a fun school. There's a lot going on. You have to balance school, blah, blah, blah. What was that first year like for you? Uh, it was a lot of freedom. Let's, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's, that's a piece of advice that I would, I would give moving forward is, you know, you have a lot of freedom in that first year that you're at college. You're away from your parents. Um, you're making new friends. You're trying to fit in, et cetera. And just the, the, some of the best players that I've seen in college golf, they understand that freedom and they – they they use the freedom towards golf more than anything, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's a it's a very mature thing to do. Uh, it's a very difficult thing to do, but the guys that do that well seem to have pretty good careers in college. Did you set goals? I mean, I, what, I kind of wanted to get that as a kid, but when, once you got to school there in college, did you start setting goals, or are you not a goal setter? I was never really a goal setter, but once Malloy came in, we were we became uh, pretty heavy goal setters. Um, not in the sense of like, Hey, I want to win a tournament, you know, pretty specific goals that, you know, achievable goals. So you weren't mm-hmm. just always shooting for, you know, trying to get up in the stars. You were, you were, you know, crossing something off your list kind of. And I think in a, in a way that builds confidence in what you're doing. So ever since Malloy kind of came in, I've, I've been a pretty heavy goal setter for myself. And, you know, like just for instance, I have a note here from it was out of a I wrote in a yardage book and it was right when Molloy got to school and there's four keys for me. It's staying in the moment, controlling emotions, playing to my strengths and self talk. And so that's mm-hmm. you know, maybe we always think of goals in a statistical or numerical sense, but I think just something like that, if I can stay in the moment all day and cross that off the list at the end of the day, you know, whatever the score is, that's gonna be you know, I'm, I'm doing the right things towards my goals. So, yeah, I mean, that's what the greats, that's what the elite players do. I mean, they, that's, that's, it, it, yeah, but sure. There's goals. I want to win this one. I want to win that. Right, there's right. stuff you have to do personally first. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think people get confused, you know, it's a team in college, but you really, you've been an individual your whole life, but you know, what were those qualifying days like? I mean, you're playing against either your teammate or your roommate and those things are always, competitive and tough and and someone has to stay home what were the what was the qualifying uh days like for you um in college you were that was those are probably some of the most fun days that i can remember because 
especially with that group of guys at Ole Miss, it was so competitive that, you know, obviously Malloy likes to say that only one guy will leave the golf course happy, and he's, mm-hmm. he's right about that. And so, you know, you go home at night and you just got your tail kicked in by Braden Thornberry, and you're like, you know, how am I going to go get better and beat him tomorrow so this doesn't keep happening? So it was like kind of a culture of, hey, I want to beat you. I know you want to beat me, so let's go, you know, may the best man win kind of thing. And we really rallied around each other and kind of fed off each other, which I think was something really neat that I didn't get to see a lot growing up um, with my high school golf team. So that was a pretty cool, um, pretty cool moment. But to speak to what you said earlier a little bit, it's, it is an individual sport and what you're trying to do is be your best individual self for the team. And a lot of the time that gets Mm -hmm. kind of contorted into, Hey, I got to be a team player, you know, and then you start playing conservatively and whatever happens. But to to be the best team, you have to have, you know, a great group of individuals and it kind of is what it is. It's, it's not easy, but it's, it's a lot of fun when it, when it goes well. Did you play other sports growing up? Forgot to ask you that because this, I mean, if you, if you did, this is really your first time as a team uh, in a team sport. Did you play other sports growing up? I played G, like junior pro football, essentially the equivalent of baseball, you know, travel mm-hmm. baseball up until I was probably 11 or 12. Um, played basketball a little bit um, after that, but n- nothing really that amounted to a team quite like you know, Ole Miss or anything like that, the teams that I had in golf after that. So if that answers it, yeah. What do you, w- yeah, what do you learn from a guy like Braden Thornberry? I mean, uh, what do you learn from those good players when you're out there playing against them? There's not, there's more than one way to do it. Um, okay. I think watching Braden was, was pretty unique in a sense that he didn't really care too much what was going on with his swing. He he understood it. He knew it so well that that he knew what was you know when something was wrong. He it was so easy to diagnose for him, or just to mm-hmm. you know if he's playing a kind of a block cut, it was so easy for him to trust his game and, and move forward and, and get around and shoot the lowest score possible. And it was back to playing to his strengths. I mean, that was one exactly. of the four keys you mentioned. You know, exactly. so that, that definitely and, and guys like that. I mean. You, you know, everybody thinks, and when you look at it, the swings do look very similar. There's very few unique swings, but there are some out there. But they're all a little bit different, and they all have to be your own swing, and they all have your kind of mark on it, and you got to believe in it, and that's what separates. But do you remember your first trip you made, what that experience was like? I do. I do. I'll, I'll actually never forget that. So we, um, Ernest had, or Coach Ross had a, um, a big blue sprinter van with, you know, Ole Miss plastered on the side of it. And mm-hmm. I'm, I, 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 did, I didn't qualify for the first event that we, um, that we played in. And I'll never forget going and loading up the van for those guys and then having to get off the van and watching it pull out of the parking lot. Because, what was that? Yeah, let's go there because that's a, that's a big thing. And then we'll go to your – what was that? That had to be almost gut-wrenching for you to sit there going – or did that motivate you to kind of like, hey, I don't want to ever miss another trip? It, it was crushing at first. You know, it was kind of like – like losing your first your first love or your first crush, you know, because you're like, oh, you get so mm-hmm. excited. And then, I, but it taught me a valuable lesson that, you know, you're going to have to earn everything, especially at this level and especially moving forward. And so from that moment, I just kind of dedicated myself like, hey, I'm going to go out there. And if I am going to travel, I'm going to earn it. And, you know, the, the, it, we live in a day of coaches' picks and a lot of college 
coaches like to pick their their six and and go. But I always appreciate there was something about the coaches that that made you earn that that trip that that was just I don't know just satisfactory in a sense. Um, yeah. So let's go back. So it, you get you, because you don't make you're sitting around there going like I got to work harder. Exactly. Uh, exactly. And, but if you if there's no way to make it when there's all picks, then that's frustrating as that well. That is frustrating. Uh, and I understand coaches should always probably keep one. Right, right. Uh, possibly two because their best player gets sick and can't qualify worth a darn. But all right, so let's get back. So you make that first trip. You're obviously jacked up, fired up, and ready to play. I am. And it's at Pattysburg Country Club, which okay, yeah. is a little quirky with golf course. But I yeah. see off on hole number six. It's a shotgun start. And my first tee ball, I hit 30 yards off the tee. It goes right <laughs> Sorry. into a limb, straight down. Oh and gosh. I was like, and, and I'll never forget, Jack O'Keefe was our assistant coach at the time. Yeah. And he looks at yep. me and goes, welcome to college golf. Yeah. <laughs> One-on-one. Uh, he was like, grind it out. So. Yeah. And you'll always remember that, won't you? Always. Always. Yeah. And it's just one of Isn't the, that you amazing? Can, you can work as hard as, as you can, and some days it's going to work out and some days it's not. And that's just, yeah. you just keep coming back and keep, you know, putting the work in and keep digging it out of the dirt. And eventually, you know, you're going to find some success. And you mentioned the team. They kept getting better and better. Uh, that had to be a cool experience to see everything come together and see what Coach Malloy is, you know, kind of his plan and everybody playing so well. That had to be some fun times going out there. And I remember, of course, NCAAs and all that. But that had to be pretty cool to be part of that and, and, and kind of get things started it really um, back it, in the right direction. It really was, and and Braden was, in kind of a catalyst in a sense. Um, he got off to a pretty great start, and then, like I said, we we were really competitive at home in qualifying, et cetera, and and even in practice, we were we would compete down the chipping games um, design, you know, around a little short game area. So everything we did had a competition aspect, but especially when we got on the road in some events, and then you see you know, a guy on your team that you've, you've beat day in and day out come home, coming home with a trophy. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, it was one thing to learn how to win at, you know, at home and, and qualifying, but it was another thing to travel with that game and then and bring home some hardware, which kind of motivated us as an entire unit. Like, hey, we, you know, like I said, we've beat this guy day in, day out before. You know, why are we the ones coming home empty-handed? It was kind of another yeah, but you won a couple. You, you won a couple yourself too, didn't you? I did. I did finally, uh, I won two events in the spring of my uh, senior year. The, that had to be pretty cool. That was it. Was a lot of fun, and it was kind of at that moment that. So I won in San Diego, um, not posted like nine under par or something around there. Nothing too crazy. But then the next week um, or two weeks later, we fly to Charleston, Bulls Bay, and I just was playing well, kind of in. You know, in a groove in a, in a way, and uh, I I hit it. Out. I didn't know really know where I was, but I was 13 under par coming down the last hole, hit in the middle of the green, two putt, and Malloy comes up to me and goes, "See what see what a little bit of confidence will do for you." And so, I think that's one thing that I kind of misunderstood is confidence isn't the guy that walks around the range with his chest puffed that you know just kind of oozes confidence or arrogance in a sense, but it's the guy that's quiet and, and just kind of goes about his ability, you know, goes through his routines and, and 
you know, doesn't really know how he's going to win, but no, he knows he's going to win. Um, yeah, because sometimes those those chest pumper otters are a little bit insecure. That's just their right. way of kind of dealing with it. Yeah, oh. You just don't realize it at the time. Uh, for sure. When did you, when you won those couple events, is that when you kind of thought, you know, maybe I want to turn pro or did you always kind of have that aspiration? I, I'd always wanted and, you know, kind of admired professional golf and it's just because of my dad and seeing, mm-hmm. especially the people that, that he's met in the game of golf. Um, and so, yeah, I, I wanted to go to the, I wanted to turn pro, but I, I wouldn't say that just because I won in college is the reason. Um, I knew I was going to be successful and still believe I'm going to be successful, but it's just kind of a matter of when, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. it's, it's tough at times, but, you know, it's a beautiful sport. And I would say he, dad was probably the ultimate motivator for me, you know, to want to chase the stream. And you love it. And I think that's I the thing when you fall out, when you, when you fall out of love with it, it's when we're in trouble. I mean, right. that's, that's why we play this game. Cause it, it can drive you kind of crazy, but Let's go back to the NCAA's. You were hurt that week, weren't you? You weren't 100. percent I was. Uh, yeah. What? But as I read, that was in Illinois. It had to be pretty daggone cold up there. Yeah, it was uh, about. And being and, and being hurt, that had to be tough to play like that. It was. Um, I remember I was going sometimes 4:30 in the morning before the round to the 5:30 to the um, to the training office, and it was about 33 degrees. You know, oh. tea time wasn't until about 10. Just trying to work it out to see if I could. Uh, I can get it around and the, the, it's kind of funny but Kyle Ellis who's a Mississippi guy you probably know um, mm-hmm, he was our mm-hmm. assistant coach at the time and he was walking around the course with me that day and, and teeing my tee balls up off the, on the tee really it was an interesting week but um, you know we got it around yeah and, I'm, it, it, and that's the thing I mean you guys, I mean, workouts, we didn't do that when we were, we were always afraid to work out. We were right. afraid all your build up muscles, but workouts are tough in college. You all have a pretty, I mean, you're up early doing all that. That that has to be something, you know, the guys that play other sports, football, basketball, they're used to working out, but golfers work out pretty hard. Uh, what were some of the things you guys worked on when, when you guys were in college on your workouts? Always. Um, I remember always keeping our legs underneath us was a, was a big thing. Um, Mm-hmm. leg strength you know whether it be squats and series uh so we would devote two days a week um to strength you know squats in, in the weight room and then we would always have on fridays yoga so it's kind of a nice balance oh, okay. between strength and, and flexibility and you know for me personally i don't think yoga is much easier than than you know no. strength exercising in the gym but, no, um, it's a tough thing. People sit there going, oh, that looks easy. Uh, no, it's not. Yeah. I've done some Egoscue, which kind of, I mean, I'm not a, a, a physical therapist, but I know Egoscue method has some of the yoga-type moves in it and, and, and exercises, and it is tough. I mean, it, what it does, it allows you to work out right. and to be stronger. It exactly. gets you in the positions to do all that. So, uh, But you finish up school, and you turn pro. You Actually, you got to play at Sanderson Farms. What was that experience like? Uh uh, playing with the big boys on a PJ Tour event, it was, it was incredible. Um, I'll never forget. I'm still, you know, deeply grateful for Steve Gent and those guys, um, his group at Sanderson Farms for for allowing me, you know, to play that week. And it's just, it's a a week I'll never forget. I remember stepping on the range, and you know, there was a camera there, and just the entire aura is different. Um, 
Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of guys that mean business too. And they don't really care who the new guy is walking in, if they even recognize you or anything. They just, you know, it's a business week for them. It's a work week. And that was pretty apparent to me. And that's one thing I didn't really, not that I didn't think about that, but where mm-hmm. I was, you know, just turning pro, wide-eyed, and just, it, it was a work week. And looking back, that's one thing that I wish I would have carried into that. But it was an amazing week. I got to play with um, – Taylor Gooch, who's a great player, kind of taught mm-hmm. me some stuff while we were out there. And, you know, just, just being in that in that moment was amazing. So you, you've gone to qualifying school. What's the qualifying school process like for those who have never gone through it or kind of want to hear that experience? Because that's a, that's a tough process now to get, uh, and it's changed again. But what's that, what's that like going through Q school? I would say Q school is probably the most difficult golf tournament out there, you know, outside of the majors on the PGA Tour, because it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a lot of guys that don't really have any status, and they're kind of, you know, make or break in in a few months. Um, so, you know, you have stage one right at the beginning of October, stage two beginning of November, and then finals in December, and it's just you, and this kind of goes back to something that Malloy taught me, it's, it's not how good your good is, it's how good your bad is, especially when you're trying mm-hmm. to string you know, months of golf along, you know, you're going to have days where you go out there and don't feel it, but you got to get it around mm-hmm. and, and, you know, how good you're bad. So there's a lot of truth to that because you're playing, like you said, almost a, a month apart or weeks right. apart from when you went through the first stages and your game changes. I mean, it happens in, in a year long yep. process, but you know, 2020 has been kind of a, a, actually we know what it's been like, but how tough has <laughs> it been trying to find places to play Yep. Uh, if, if you're trying to qualify, I mean, how's it tough is it to be patient and, and when you're trying to, you know, feed yourself, trying to make a living? It, it is tough um, because it does require a lot of patience and, you know, without a whole lot of understanding, especially, you know, in 2020. Um, so it's, it's difficult, but there are, there are places to play. Um, you just, you don't status at the end of it like you would, you know, a Q school or a qualifying tournament. So, you know, but for me, golf's always been, it's been fun. It's been something I love to do. So playing in these smaller events don't really bother me because I just, I just love to game it. But mm-hmm. it, it is, it requires a lot of patience. It's difficult. And this year, so like, for instance, Latin America is uh, doing their first event down in Miami in this next week. So even trying to get into a Monday qualifier right now is, is extremely difficult because the fields are filling up so fast that, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you have to be patient, but you have to know when, you know, when your next opportunity is. So, and, and really so tell us, tell, tell us about trying to get through the Monday qualifiers. I mean, tell us what, what goes through that process. How, how do you sign up? I mean, how do it, what's it cost? I mean, cause I don't think people realize it goes, Oh yeah, we'll just go Monday qualify. That's a pretty big right. process. Yeah. So a PGA tour sanctioned qualifier with, with that, if you don't have any status, it's four hundred fifty bucks. Um, okay. And I, I believe it it kind of scales down. If you have Latin America, it's anywhere from two hundred to a hundred, somewhere in there. Uh, Web is a hundred bucks. So for guys okay. with status, it's like a it's almost a no brainer. Go play a hundred bucks mm-hmm. for a day. You could you could get in if you go shoot six, seven, eight, you know, or lower. And but yeah, it, it, it is pretty costly if you're. If you're if you don't have any status or anything like that, 
the tough part is there's not many spots either, and there's a bunch right. of guys trying for, it, especially down where you're living in Florida. I mean, that's that's the, it's amazing when you go around the country and you try to get in some corn ferry tour events, and and the scores that it takes. My gosh, it's ridiculously yeah. low. Uh, and and I I remember having my card in eighty uh, eighty four was my first year. I I finished twenty sixth in the tour school and was still Monday qualifying. Yeah, I wasn't getting in because of, you know, like you said, status. And I think. That's the hard part is, hey, I got a tour card. Well, sorry, you got a tour card, but you're not in. And, and that's, that's the tough part. I remember we've, we've talked about it. I mean, Jim Colbert was on the policy board, and we all had a meeting. I mean, it was May. We all, I mean, I was only getting in, I think, two events on my number. Had Monday two or three times, and, you know, we're just like, hey, when are we going to get access? He said, boys, just play better. Yeah. Well, that's not exactly what you want to hear. But right. honestly, it's the truth. Uh, if you play better, it, it takes care of it. It's just at the time, you're just like, this ain't fair. Well, that's the hard part. That's, you know, golf's one of the last, uh, the most capitalistic sports there is. I mean, there's Absolutely. no guarantees of anything. And I think that's teaches you those things as well. But what's up next for you now? What's uh, the next few months look ahead for you as far as playing? I'm going to do um, some of those Latin qualifiers. Like I said, um, the border, they have the first one in Miami, second one's in Dominican. I guess they're still kind of working on the border stuff. But, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, my plan is to go Canada in 21 and, and also try okay. and do Latin America as well. And I don't know if you've seen, but there's this, uh, it's called the Big Money Classic up in Longwood, Florida. Fantastic okay. field. It's kind of an independent group, uh, running that. It's got a bunch of web guys, some former tour guys. Pretty, so, yeah, I think they're just trying to get people a place to play, and which is really cool. But uh, yeah, that's kind yeah, of my you... route is is Canada, Latin America. You know, hopefully play well enough on one of those to uh, advance or or go to Q school again. Right, and, and I think, like you said, they're just trying to find opportunities. We're we're so lucky in our sport that we're actually we getting those opportunities because there's a lot of sports that. You know, we're seeing what's happening out there, but golf's one of the few that's been able to continue doing it. They, especially at the top level, the LPGA, PGA Tour champs, and all those tours have done European Tour done a remarkable job getting people to play. Uh, but we appreciate you being with us. I know your dad's always been one of those great ing- ambassadors of golf. He said to him, his most rewarding and proudest moment are the relationships he made along the way. What would be your so far? I mean, you're still young in your career. What's your most proudest uh, achievement or moment in golf? Oh, that's a good one. Um, it's a tough one. I got your dad on this one too. It took him a little bit of a minute or two. I would say just being able, like, I would echo his what he said. You know, a lot the relationships that you build, the people you meet. Like I said, majority of my friends this day are I met either they were working at the golf course that I was playing at, or they were also playing with me. So the games kind of introduced me to a a lot of people, a lot of my best friends. And I would say another thing is being able to go play a sport as a family, even as mm-hmm. we all get old, older in life and, you know, especially dad getting older and still being able to go out there and compete and, and just kind of being like old times is, is really, uh, is really neat to me. You came up with another question. Y'all played in the, I think it was the Tennessee state open together. You're all paired together. Weren't you a couple we, of years ago or a year or so ago? Yes. Yeah, so that was about a year and a half ago. And what we was were, that like? We were, That's pretty. I bet there was no mercy. <laughs> no mercy, but it was. Uh, it's just one of those rounds that you will never forget. You know, it just it was so cool to, to actually be in a in a tournament field with you know playing with them, and it being hosted at Greystone. It was just. It was really neat. 
Yeah, that's a cool thing. I remember watching that, and I just know how proud your dad is of you and Hunter and Kyle. You're just, you know, the guys you've turned out to be. That's the most important thing as parents is to see, you know, we love when you win. We love when you play well. But it's just to see the great guys that you guys have turned out to be, the good, solid men. And that's that's the that's the thing we're most proud of as parents. And I always kind of like to end it, whether in life or golf, you, you only have one shot. and you got to make it count. And Amen. you guys are making it count, and you're doing it right, buddy. But thanks for being with us. I know you're busy trying to get your game in, in shape. And uh, uh, we appreciate you spending some time with us, and, and good luck. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, brother. Play right. well this uh, next few weeks. Appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you guys. Same to you.